2: And along for the ride and the fun and all sorts of good advice from Charlie Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. James Patrick Dooley's behind the controls in the other room there, and he'll be the voice you hear. And tell him what a great voice he has too. God, he loves nothing more than hearing compliments coming his way. Really, he does. Is that right? Yeah. So let me give you the numbers so you can talk to James. A bit
3: okay. Of an ego,
2: huh? Yeah. Oh, ego. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. When the guy is home, he opens the fridge to get something, the light comes on, he takes a bow. I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> I'm driving, Mike, <laughs> the numbers are. There he is. All yep. right. In Toronto, <laughs> give a call to 416 360 0740 than anywhere else in the province uh, whether you're up in uh, cottage country or over in sarnia whatever one 866 4740. 740 do remember our little motto call early call often one question per call or patrolman proctor pulls you over and you get a ticket uh, <laughs> and oh. what happens then <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> mm. 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 you stumped me right yeah. off the bat you asked me something that i have no answer for um what was? Uh, me right. Oh, I know, I know. Okay. Yeah. First time callers. Oh, first time. Yeah, time. yeah. mention that to James and uh, we mark that down and then when you're on the air you get a little wind chime. Which is sound effect. our
3: welcome yes. to the garden show. That's
2: exactly right. Little
3: butterfly wings <laughs> in which you can scoot around it's all good
2: that voice belongs to charlie dobbin the darling of the daisies and uh, she's with us uh, now
3: yes thank you very much Ecloba. very much i appreciate <laughs> that uh all right a couple of uh, things coming up next sunday mm-hmm. i have mentioned this already but i'll mention it one more time the greater toronto water garden and horticultural society is offering an amazing water garden tour it's throughout richmond hill and thornhill it is a self-guided tour it's between 10 and 4 p.m rain or shine. Uh-huh. Tickets are only $12 each. And for more information, go to www.onwatergarden.com or email watergardentour at onwatergarden.com. Okay. Very okay. good. Yeah. Uh, terrific Thursdays are on at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. So this is something you should do, you and I. Mm-hmm. Grab your grandbabies and next Thursday, throw everybody in the van You know, sort of mid afternoon, drive to the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is Leslie and Lawrence. Right. I mean, weather permitting, because it's such a pretty place. You can wander the gardens and, you know, Mm -hmm. admire the birds and the butterflies and hear all those little chimes in your back of your head.
2: Watch the chipmunks prance
4: around. Yeah, that's
3: right. Exactly. The squirrels and, you know, the bees are buzzing and everything's just happening. There's a free open air concert that happens every Friday, or sorry, every Thursday. Uh, features a whole bunch of different popular artists, so I didn't bring the whole list. But there's an organic farmers' guard farmers market from two until seven. I believe the music the music starts about six. Mm-hmm. There's a cafe, the Garden Cafe. It's so, so very cool, different foods, yeah. all fresh local foods. You can get a bite, and of course the. Um, You can, like I said, wander the gardens, but there's even family activities, particularly for children. There's a drop-in activity center for the children Mm -hmm. to learn about bugs and bees and plants and all that sort of thing that you can shop in the – Toronto Botanical Gardens gift shop. There's all kinds of decor things. And there's even a handheld audio tour, which you can take with you and listen, you know, get toured around through the audio or just go on your own little tour or somebody will take you. There's Master gardeners all over the place. Let the
2: kids take you on a walk. What what attracts them? That's right.
3: And see, Toronto Botanical Gardens is not a huge garden. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, it's very small for a botanical garden. But it's right up, and you can't even tell. But you leave TBG and you enter Edwards Gardens without even knowing you've done that. Edwards Gardens is a city of Toronto park. So, and then it all connects, right? The whole Serena, Gundy, it all connects. You can actually, if you really wanted to, you can start at TBG and walk right down to the lake through the ravines and and all the parks that connect. Yeah, Yeah, so it's, I mean, you're not going to do that, but just, it's a really Mm -hmm. fun thing to do. And it's a lovely outing.
2: Well, very
3: good. All right. Later, later in the show, we do have a special guest. I told you last week, Yeah. except it's going to be Wanda, not Darren. Wanda is Darren's wife, Becker. She's the Marketing, Communications, and Special Events Coordinator at Whistling Gardens. <whistles> yep. No kidding. She's eh? going to tell us all about <laughs> Whistling Gardens and some upcoming events. All
2: righty. Well... I'll welcome her with a wolf whistle. Uh, can I can
3: tell. I know, I did warn her about you. I can tell, tell you
2: that much. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, I'm getting the the high sign from the other room. There, getting you, you know, shut up, Frank, because uh, we've got uh, we've got callers on the way, and we do too. Uh, but before we go to some other uh, information uh, from our fine sponsors. Uh, one of our fine sponsors we like to talk about a couple of times during this show, and that would be Sierra. So let me spell it for you, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. But the person who really does a fine job at selling this product is our very own Charlie Dubbin. Charlie? The well, stage is all yours.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Franklin. You <laughs> yes. just get to work on your exercises while I explain what Sierra Silt is and why you and I take it. Because it is all about joints and keeping those joints moving and being pain-free. So, you know, we want to stay active. We don't want to be whining as we're staying active. No no whining or whinging. Nope, no whinging. I know. <laughs> what a silly word. So a Sierra Silt comes as a completely natural mineral mm-hmm. supplement taken in a pill form, but they also have a topical spray, and it is apparently amazing for the fast relief of muscle soreness and joint pain.
2: No, I haven't tried this.
3: No, I know. It reduces pain receptors, so it increases blood flow, it promotes healing activity, and it helps control bruising. So yes, so there's a pain relief spray. There's also the natural supplement uh, that you and I take, and uh, we do find it really works for us. It might work for you. For more information, go to sierrasil.ca or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14.
2: Well, I've already told the folks how to spell but I like to sing the little name, okay? <laughs> you, you've made up a theme uh, song I, for I them. have. <laughs> S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Fur and feathers
1: and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: I didn't fib to you folks. There are lots of folks calling in, wanting to chat with Charlie. (laughs) So let's go from Mississauga. Welcome, Gloria. Good morning, Gloria.
5: Good morning. Morning. I have a problem with my beets. I plant them every year. In the last two years, the beet tops are burning up. What am I doing wrong?
3: Burning up like turning
5: brown and crispy? That's right. Hmm.
2: Well. Uh, I looked
5: in every gardening book to find out what the problem is, and I can't find anything.
2: I think a rabbit has uh, actually purchased it some. See.
5: It's a two foot high <laughs> raised uh, bed. Tall rabbit? <laughs> no, uh, no, a but I a... can't jump that high. <laughs> no, no, but
3: a rabbit wouldn't cause the leaves to turn brown anyway. Uh, okay, so here. Okay, so it's a two foot raised. Now, how often do you water these beets?
5: Uh, Whenever it's dry, usually in a raised bed, you have to water almost every day.
3: And what time of day do you water?
5: Well, that varies from the morning, sometimes in the evening, mid-afternoon, whatever. So it
3: could be any time. Yeah. And there's lots of sun, these uh, beaches. Oh, yes,
5: it has full sun. Full sun.
3: Yeah cuz you know what, I just I was flashing on the idea I mean sometimes if we water plants at high noon when the sun is beating down sometimes if the plants are really hot and fairly dry that that water cold water coming out mm-hmm. of a, a hose particularly can shock the plants and you can get um, real little brown, almost burnt edges from, yeah, from the water. I'm not really sure. From and the sunshine, cold, from, yep. yeah, whatever it is. But sometimes we'll see a little bit of damage, if, like sort of high noon. And you haven't sprayed anything on these plants. There's been no, no insecticide or anything and like it's
5: that. Not a little bit of damage. I mean, the way they're crisping up, it's like bacon.
3: Hmm. What uh, variety of beet do you grow?
5: Oh, I do don't know. know. Just the standard red beet. I. Mm buy a packet of seeds and I just plant them because I make borscht every Christmas for the family.
2: Yep. So. You haven't had this problem though before, Gloria. No, huh?
5: I had it last, last year. year, but it wasn't oh. as bad as this year. So maybe oh. I'm watering at the wrong time of the day. Well, tr- I would say if you can, try and do
3: your watering early in the day. Okay. Before, like, well, before noon, preferably before ten a.m. Okay. And and see if that helps because that shouldn't happen. Like the the tops should be nice and green, just like like leafy lettuce kind yeah. of tops, yeah. and very edible. Obviously, many people will will harvest their tops. Their well, beans. what I'm
5: afraid is this is going to crisp up, mm-hmm. and then there won't be any. Nutrients going to the beets, and they're going to stop growing. Exactly.
3: No, you're absolutely right, and it's not a good sign anyway. Because you, you know, in the beets, if they aren't getting enough moisture or photosynthesis, they get woody. You know, they get really mm-hmm. tough, and you don't yeah. want that either. So, for uh, the package that you planted, did you, by any chance, save, or would you be able to find out what variety of beets you've grown?
5: Uh, yes, I'm going to get that right now.
2: Oh, ketoke?
5: Um.
2: Wow.
5: <clears throat> Let's see now. It's just, uh, oh, uh, Bulltardy, Beat Better Rave by uh, Mr. Father Gills. Okay, Okay. Yep. Did you ever hear that? Yep, yep. Okay. You
3: Re-flavored know what? Flavored
5: I- uniform roots. That's yeah. what it says. Yep.
3: Okay, so leave that with me, Gloria. Um, for now, let's, like I said, concentrate on watering early in the day, and I'm going to do a little research in my library of, you know, fine details on vegetables. Because at this point, it, I'm not sure, but maybe somebody who's listening might have an idea. So perhaps if anybody's listening right now, they could call in with a tip on what might be going on. But at this point, like I said, just concentrate on watering in the morning, and I'll report back next week.
5: Yes, I'm going to plan another harvest
2: at the end yeah. of Okay. August
5: good idea very good
2: gloria thank, thank you for you. joining us thank you all righty have a, have a great day and here we are on the garden show from am 740 actually we're coming up close to our next break so let's take the break right now and then go talk to marita who's calling in from guelph so marita hold on <clears throat> we'll be back to you in just a moment
6: Daffodils
5: and daisies, bluebells and begonias, for and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You picked the
1: right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Aha, we're back. We're here. Yes, in studio, live and direct. Live. <laughs> yeah, from, from the Zoomer Plexi. Liberty Village so
3: I was just going to be surrounded by the Indy
2: why you, I'm just going to mention good
3: thing there's soundproof out, walls outside here. <laughs>
2: my god you, can, you can't hear yourself talk that you can hear the the cars down there at the India at the Honda Indy anyway Carry let's on. get back to the biz here and Marita welcome to the show
7: hello good hello. morning yes good morning I have a question I have a large amount of um, spiders wart in my backyard Mm. and um, most are purple. Some are a pinkish color, and I also have a beautiful white one. Mm. And uh, someone told me that they'd never heard of a white one. But anyway, my question is, they are seeding themselves all over the place, Mm. and um, I'm wondering if I should cut them back once they have stopped blooming. They have these clusters on there. They're still blooming. And then... Eventually, they form these clusters. I know.
3: I've seen. I just, yeah. uh,
7: in order to stop them, like taking over, taking over my yard.
3: <laughs> Sounds so, like. What it.
7: I'm doing, um, there's nothing you can do really except dig them up.
3: True. So
7: and, you know they don't go down very deep. No. Maybe but four inches.
3: Yes. No. Exactly. They're not They're uh, like d- deeply wormy. rooted.
7: They've got like little wormy tails on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I wondered, to stop the reseeding, whether once they've stopped blooming, if I can cut the whole shrub down to like maybe six or eight inches. I, or
3: what I, well, what I would do is I try to maximize the n- amount of foliage. So once they've stopped blooming, I would shear them. And the shearing will get rid of all those potential seed pods. Uh, the other thing is, don't hesitate to dig some up. I mean, spiderwort or Tradescantia is a lovely perennial, blooms for a long time. But if the the one you've got, obviously, is uh, you know clearly a self-seeder and could become a problem, you don't want your whole garden to be uh, spiderwort. So yes, I would cut them as as much as you have to in order to remove the seed heads.
7: Yeah. So do I just cut off the seed heads or the foliage as well?
3: Try and leave as much foliage as you can.
7: Oh, okay. Okay. Just it it will look better, number because one. Because they they are absolutely beautiful, but I'm finding them like everywhere mm. in my yard. But originally I've had them for about seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And when they first started out, they were really, really slow uh-huh. to multiply. But now they're happy. <laughs> they are. It would appear so. They're having a party and, at your and place now. Yeah. My my yard is just. I'm finding them everywhere. Yeah, you're they're doing a, a good job. Themselves in between my ornamental grass and.
3: I know. Sometimes plants get too happy. That can be a problem. I and mean, we love them but then they we don't love them that much. We yeah, want them but, absolutely. Well, I everywhere. don't mind
7: digging them up, but yeah. it's just I thought well to yeah. avoid
3: yep. slow down to some do of all the spread. digging and yeah.
7: uprooting some of the other plants that they're getting in between. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to to cut off yep. the 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 tops? Definitely. Or just just the, the flower pods? Well, it's,
3: that's where the seeds are coming from, of course, is where the flowers right. were. So that's really what you want to cut off. And, well, the, it'll look very kind of... Kind of harshly cut if you were to cut any any foliage more than you need to. Just, but it will be a fair amount of work to go in there and remove all those yeah, flower heads. But yeah. like I said, shearing of even a few inches all the way around, get rid of all the the seed pods and uh, and enjoy the the plants, and then dig what you don't want. Slow it right down. Thanks a lot, Marita.
2: Okay, good luck really, with that. Yeah, that's a Sounds like a real problematic little.
3: Well, growth there. it's like so many plants, yeah. right? We love them, but, but then, then we much, have too much. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, we do have a call here from uh, right from around the corner here in Toronto. Judy mm-hmm. on the line. Hello, Judy.
4: Good morning to both of you. Morning, Judy. Thank you. I have a question about my uh, dear departed butterfly bush. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a main stalk of approximately two and a half inches in diameter, so it's been there in a while, mm-hmm. and uh, it really flourished for several years until this harsh winter. Mm-hmm. I would like to replace it in the same place because it uh, is right in front of the picture window in the in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, um, two things about this. Uh, question is um, I do I have to dig out the old bowl because that's quite <laughs> mm-hmm. an arduous task mm-hmm. and then the second thing is would it be healthy to plant one in the same place
3: Oh, it wouldn't be a problem to plant in the same place if the one you had thrived for many years. It's probably a good spot. Uh, of course, replanting where that, that big root ball is is going to be a bit of a challenge. So you're going to probably have to plant the new one in front of where the... this. Old stump is mm-hmm. well. Well, you wait for it to slowly decompose. Uh, the smaller the the but the new butterfly bush, the smaller the pot, the easier it is going to be to insert or find a, a, a you know sort of a spot between the existing roots of the the dead butterfly bush. But it actually died for sure. Your older one, um, it, like I typically cut mine down in the spring. My butterfly bush, and it looks pretty much dead when i do that and then but there's usually life in the root and the root will start to pop little right down at ground level little green buds
4: and shoots will start to grow Uh, but yours truly died right out right off this winter well first of all how far down do you cut it because i've been told i have to cut it 18 inches from the ground which i thought was rather brutal
3: oh i cut mine right down i cut mine about two inches tall Oh, really? Talk about brutal. Yeah, no, I do. Well, you, <laughs> you know why? Because it's all dead. Uh, it, like, I'm in Richmond Hill. I'm further north than you. Yeah. I find over the winter, the whole, unless it's a really mild winter, all the, butterfly bushes, we basically treat them like a herbaceous perennial. We assume, or in my case, the, uh, everything above ground is dead and it's the root that survives.
4: I need a hacksaw in order to get it down
3: to two inches. I know. Well, that's it. I mean, and, but if it's a lo- so what happened this spring? So you
4: waited and waited and nothing green. I waited green. and waited and waited and waited. And I uh, tested the buds and they were powdery. So I gather they were quite dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have left it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did cut it down at some point. It still stands, you're going to hate this. It still stands about three and a half feet from the ground.
3: Mm. And no green Physically, shoots
4: Physically, I'd have to take a saw to
3: it at this point Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes you do have to do that Like a real, like a limbing saw or a real wood saw But it, um, yeah, so I'm surprised So you did some cutting in the spring, is that, I guess cause
4: you, I did, Yeah, I did um, some brutal cutting But I left some of the mm-hmm. stuff that had um, these old buds on them up yeah. For quite a while sure, Because I was hoping year. for life
3: Oh, too bad! Don't yeah. have a friend
2: with a <laughs> chainsaw, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like that's a, what I need. Yeah, I think. so. Yeah,
3: I could do that. Could work as well because you're right. No, they do get big. I mean, there's no question. I have a quite a serious stump on mine as well. Um, but yeah, I would definitely replace it. I mean, they're lovely plants, and butterflies love them. I mean, that's, oh, they do. if you're going to see a monarch butterfly, you're going to see it near your butterfly bush at and this time of year. And That's right. If you have a nice sort of a pinky, purpley, reddish one, so and they do come in many shades of blues and purples and, even white and pale yellow. So, yeah, I would replace it. Just, yeah, chainsaw, like Frank said, as low as you can, uh, and insert the new one or plant the new one in front of that that old stump.
4: Now, there's a willow bush or something that my neighbor has quite close to there. So that's additional an impediment, I think. It's yeah, any willows
3: like they have quite the extensive root system, and they do tend to grab the moisture and grab the nutrient from the soil. So yes, willows can be a bit of a challenge uh, when when you've got other things planted around them. But it just means you have to be that much more TLC, you know, mm-hmm. avail, aware of your own plants when you've got a willow in there s- sucking the moisture.
4: Well, thank you. That's most helpful. Can okay. you give out your um Contact information more often, please. Oh, for sure. absolutely, sure. I will rely on my sidekick all
2: here. Right. I, all right, I could do that for you, no problem at all, <laughs> Judy. It's uh, Here it is, c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay.
4: Thank
2: you very much. Okay, you're very welcome. Thank you for calling. Thank
4: you for the information. You're
2: okay. welcome. You know, we have uh, two first-time callers waiting on the line. I'm going to ask uh, both Ed and Jean to be patient because we have a guest uh, coming on the show to talk about a very interesting place. So let me welcome Wanda, who will be more suitably introduced by Charlie in just a moment here. <whistles> Hi, Wanda. <laughs>
3: Hi, good morning. Good <laughs> morning, Wanda. This is Frank.
2: <laughs> Hello, Wanda.
3: Frank Wanda, yes. Wanda Heinbecker. communications, promotions, special event planner at Whistling Gardens. All right, let's tell everybody, where is Whistling Gardens?
8: We are located in the country hamlet of Wilsonville, Ontario. That's located in Norfolk County.
3: Mm-hmm, just south of Brantford. That's right. Yeah, and I visited your lovely gardens about a month ago with some friends and had a wonderful number of hours wandering. I mean, this is a huge place, Frank, and, and it's, well, it's your Charlie husband's Charlie was going vision, on right?
2: at, at yeah. about, about your uh, whistling gardens. Right. Uh, really, it sounds magnificent.
3: It's Quite the job. So between you and Darren, you have obviously worked very, very hard to, to install all the beautiful vignettes and pathways and pergolas and rock work and water features, all, plants everywhere. I mean, it's just amazing. It's a botanical gardens. It's a retail store. It's a, it's a whole bunch of things. Tell us a bit.
8: Well, you know, we're, we're just thrilled to be on this journey. We purchased the farm about 10 years ago. And actually, this is only the third season for the botanical gardens. Mm. Um, I have to say that opening the Retail Garden Center about eight years ago mm-hmm. has been financing the development of the botanical gardens. Mm-hmm. And uh, the community has been exceptionally supportive. I mean, if it's not the uh, GTA area, even our local municipality, um, uh, uh, Building a botanical gardens is not something that people do every day as, no. as a no. business of choice. Right? One,
1: it's a
3: rare person that builds a botanical gardens. It's trust me. It's not easy, <laughs> let me
8: tell you. We're at the mercy of Mother Nature many of the times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I can say is that it's actually a transformation of mm-hmm. a, a former cornfield. Right. And uh, so and that's it, kind of a neat thing when you think about the story. we It, it really is a personal journey. Um, it's, a, it's a private botanical garden. It is our farm. The farm is 56 acres. Mm-hmm. Right now the botanical garden stands about 20 acres. There's about 4 kilometers of walking trails mm-hmm. which are wheelchair, buggy and walker uh, friendly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so for us uh, there's a customer service element of we Want the gardens to be accessible and friendly to everybody mm-hmm. uh, for all sorts of reasons why people might want to visit us.
2: You know, this sounds like a destination place, let alone, alone just you know a retail outlet. For gosh sakes, it sounds like a wonderful place to take a drive and visit.
3: And, yeah, okay, but tell us where the name Whistling Gardens comes from.
8: Well, and it's interesting. We we had a feeling you might ask. A lot of people do, and uh, I have to say, well, I had the pleasure when I first met my uh, my husband, and uh, he uh, he showed me his blue. What can I say? And this was his vision and his drawings for for whistling gardens. And in college, um, for him, um, he was really taken by the trumpeter swan. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, we have a logo which uh, incorporates a swan. Um, we have actually a bird aviary here, yeah. and uh, that's really been an inspiration. We, we actually have two uh, uh, royal mute swans here, Peace and Oliver, that are part of our bird aviary. And... Uh, Very often, the the swans, we we are part of the migration route uh, every year. So we just feel it's... uh, And plus swans mate for life. So this is a a lifetime commitment for us. The gardens will be here in perpetuity. Um, It's our sense of purpose with what we're doing with our lifetime.
2: Wanda, let me ask you a question. Charlie kind of uh, mentioned something to me before we came in our studio, that the uh, swans, the royal swans, actually you have to have permission from the queen, Uh, to have those, is that correct?
8: It is a permit, yeah. We have to make application. It's not an easy thing to do. And uh, so there is a lot of paperwork associated with bringing swans uh, to your property. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we feel that uh, every uh, living creature is an extension of our member of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I can tell you they have personalities. Yeah. uh... Well, and you've got
3: a, you've got some very nice large ponds. So the swans, when when I was there, Darren was feeding them some dried corn cobs. But there was I'm trying to remember. There was something about snapping turtles in the ponds and and keeping the swans out until they were big enough, so that you know the turtles. It was they, you know it's that whole cycle of life thing going on.
8: It's a natural ecosystem, yeah. absolutely, and that's one of the things that uh, that we are very dedicated to is managing that that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, we know with every tree and flower we plant, we're 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 building a community mm-hmm. uh, for uh, for nature, and also knowing that with the uh, spring-fed ponds that were here, that a lot of them we have expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working with uh, the Grand River Conservation Authority uh, um, and and several other associations to help us uh, manage expansion mm-hmm. of a natural environment. Uh, those are things that we look at. You know That's to keep to keep our family members safe, yeah. and also to to know what what's in the environment that we're sustaining.
3: Yes, which is very cool because I know that Darren was telling me a bit about how you were going to turn mm-hmm. you know create another pond out beyond where the current pond is now, and and of course, you, like you said, you got the aviary with all kinds of specialty birds, and it all
8: started because Darren was a conifer collector. Am I right? Correct. Uh, I met him. He had his collection, uh, which when we moved, took a truck uh, just to move his uh, his collection of uh, of beautiful ornamental trees and shrubs. Um, i I have to say that when it comes to the gardens themselves, uh his uh, his private collection um, has been transformed into our conifer garden right. which was the first uh garden uh, that was established in the botanical gardens it's the oldest one there's uh, approximately twenty five hundred yeah. uh specimens some of them are the only ones uh in canada
7: yeah, right. um,
8: it's it's actually it's uh, I have amazing. to say it's it's ornamental agriculture we yes. are a farming operation. Yeah, this yeah. becomes a propagation source for right. seed and cuttings, and we are in touch with other other arboretums yeah. uh, across the globe. Uh, we are located in a zone five so there's a really a scientific and educational component to uh what you witness here it's part of the story that we tell on our guided tour mm-hmm. um, to visitors and uh so we, we do test growing. Uh, we look at uh, uh, testing uh, new specimens mm. for uh, commercial propagation in the future. Yeah, like a um, trial garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah,
3: absolutely. And you have the world's largest public collection of conifers. Do you 2, know? 2,500. That's that's yeah, exactly that's the world's the collection largest. That I'm
2: thinking of. Eh? Uh, tell me, uh, Wanda. Uh, I'm I'm now intrigued. I want to go online <laughs> and find your website. Do you have one?
8: Of course. Well, you know, and and I have to tell you, when we're talking about collections, I mean, we were completely taken back by the the goodwill um, that uh, that was brought to us last year when two donors came forward, and uh, we now are home to uh, a... Canada's newest peony collection Uh Um, we have over 600 peonies that are located in the gardens now Um, at the end of the planting this year we should have close to 900 representing over 700 specimens and that's a result of uh, two donors Blossom Hill Nurseries they are a grower in Peterborough Mm -hmm. and also uh, David Maltby who is president of the Canadian Peony Society who had his private collection
3: So that's cool. So how many peonies do you think you have now?
8: Uh, We have close to 600. Wow.
3: Yeah, and and that's
8: something then again becomes stock for future propagation. Um, we, we started the planting last year, uh, the labeling uh, of the collection, and uh, we see really there's only a, a certain time of the year that you can transplant um, our new right. additions yeah. And, yeah. and bring yeah. them in. So we see the collection um, over the next two years being completed. Um, there's a lot to see in regards to the show, hmm. and we've it's, it's actually uh, attracted some inquiries in the Asian market. So what mm. an exciting op- opportunity for us mm-hmm. to be connected to new New international markets as a result
2: as you were speaking uh, Charlie quickly uh, got onto the website here and uh, is just Google uh, whistling gardens folks and you'll find their website and it is fabulous W
3: well, oh, whistlinggardens yeah now one of the reasons we have one on the on the show right now is I just going tell us quickly about an upcoming event next Saturday
8: yes our second annual garden party um, it, you know gardens are about celebration we know there's a wellness conference. Component. We do lots of programming in the gardens uh, for wellness and, and arts, painting in the gardens. But uh, our second annual garden party this coming Saturday, starting at one o'clock, one till six. Uh, we, we feature uh, over 25 uh, partners and uh, they're they're offering for the general admission price. That doesn't change. Um, it's actually a fundraiser mm-hmm. uh, for our, our oh. local hospital. So That's we're great. donating proceeds back uh, to our local hospital. We want to give the gift of health. We want to show that we're good corporate citizens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've got um, four, four wineries coming in, two breweries, and they're going to be hosting our local beer and wine garden. Um, and then we We've got free activities uh, that are taking place, uh, free garden tours, musical fountain shows in our amphitheater, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, plenty of uh, mini-presentations. Uh, regarding, you know, just uh, learning about the, the wellness component of nature through meditation and yoga, um, planning the perfect garden celebration, finding uh, wow. dreams. There's another one, right? Um, we think everybody who has a garden, who loves gardening, that's your personal sanctuary. Yeah. Well,
2: this, this is great. I just mentioned a little note that you have at the bottom of the page that advertises this uh, annual garden party, Is second annual coming up. Garden guests are encouraged to bring blankets, parasols, umbrellas, chairs, cameras, and wear comfortable. Footwear. Good note to. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, add it's, it.
2: it's going to be a great event. Yeah.
3: And Rain or shine. Rain or shine. You've got a big mm-hmm. tent. You've got lots to do there, no question. And just even going out and checking out the birds is a great idea. So don't f-
8: forget your garden party hat or dress. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Dress, <laughs> <and> you <laughs> like to get dressed up. Dress
3: in your best. On. You've got a great photo here on the website. So whistlinggardens.ca for more information and and instructions or maps on how to get there. Thank you, Wanda, so much for sharing this information with us. It's a, I had a ton of fun there when I was there. And Hope to come back again soon.
8: Thank you, Charlie Frank. We appreciate the opportunity. Happy gardening. All righty. Same to deal. you. Yeah. Bye
2: bye. We, we gotta get busy digging in the garden, you get a little a uh, little dirty ourselves. Uh, yes, yeah, we do. You, I, down it's, and dirty. it's exercise time. <laughs> it's exercise time. Don't I just got something in my earphone there. What was it? What were you saying, James? Uh,
0: I was saying easy.
2: <laughs> easy. Thank you very much. Yeah, take okay. it easy. Yes, yeah, indeed. Take it easy.
3: If you have any joint pain or you want to be exercising, yeah. in your case, kickboxing, um, golfing, walking, gardening, any of those things that require us to bend and lift and do stuff, and you've got any joint pain, Sierra Sill can help. Not everybody, but if it's going to work, you're going to know within 14 days whether it works for you. And uh, for me, it has made a huge difference. So I recommend it for people. If there's any joint pain, it's a way to alleviate and get those joints pain-free. For more information, sierrasil.ca or give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14
2: And here's something I'm going to try, the little pamphlet you've just passed me. It's the Sierra Sil Topical Spray. Seven of the world's finest uh, pain-reducing ingredients and uh, several other uh, benefits are uh, listed here. I haven't got time to read them all, but give it a try. The Topic Spray from Sierra Sil.
1: Don't change the radio station just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: I'm Frank Proctor, welcoming Ed from Scarborough, um, and you're a first-time caller, Ed, right? Hello, Ed. Yes.
9: Morning. correct, the first time.
2: All righty, there are the wind chimes welcoming you. You're officially a member of the broadcast team here.
9: (laughs) Morning, Ed. Welcome. (laughs) Um, I have a a weed which I can't kill. I've tried all the Roundup and Kill-X and everything, and... uh, I even tried a, a mixture which I got on the uh, internet uh, with vinegar, salt, and and soap oh my. It's supposed to kill everything. <laughs> uh, I just can't; it just won't die. And it's a vine type of thing. It's got little pods in the end. Uh, someone told my next door neighbor uh, that it was a poisonous plant, and I just don't know how to uh, kill it. What I've done, I've taken a picture of it, and I thought if I could Perfect. email it to Perfect. you, yeah. you might have a bit of an idea of That's... what it is and. By far
3: the best thing to do. Do you know my email address?
9: Uh, I don't know if I got it right. Is it Dobbin at mzmedia.com? Except
3: there's a dot between C and Dobbin. So oh, c.dobbin, dot,
9: C dot, dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com,
3: dot dot com, that's it.
9: Okay, so, well, what a, I'll, I'll email this now if you, yeah. and then I don't know if you got a chance today or maybe next week, maybe you. Might have an idea. And-
3: yeah, I'll take a look and see if I can identify it for you. Yes, I, I, there are some weeds that are quite invasive and troubling and hard to kill. And I find it amazing that even your mixture with salt didn't kill it. So, yeah, send me a picture and we'll take a look at it.
2: All right. Thank Thanks, Ed. Thank so much Ed, for taking my call.
3: Our pleasure. Thanks for calling. Thank, Thank you,
2: Ed. Right have a great Saturday. And uh, welcome from Cottage Country up there in Bob Gage. And it's Jean on the line. Good morning, Jean. Oh, First good. timer, too.
6: Yes, I am. Wonderful. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm enjoying it. Thank you. I have a question about Lysanthus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct or not. L-I-S-I-A-N-T-H-U-S. The beautiful little blue flower.
3: Lysianthus. Yeah. Yep, got it.
6: Uh, we put several in this year, and they were just beautiful. They were covered in buds,
3: mm-hmm.
6: which was encouraging. Some of the buds came out, and the others have just shriveled up, and they're not growing. We're not overwatering. I don't know what we're doing wrong.
3: Well, Lysianthus this is—it's um, actually a really pretty plant. It's uh-huh. uh, very soft colors, and it's almost got a greenish-gray foliage. Uh-huh. It is typically grown as a as an ornamental that's used in kind of mixed planters, and it's not a really long-lasting flower uh, in a pot usually. So you've put them in the ground, obviously. Yes. Okay, and there are lots of sun. Yes. And you're not overwatering. No. <laughs> you saw lots of blooms, and at this point, there's no blooms at all? There's...
6: Oh, there's a few, but uh, nothing like they were when we put them in, and we put a lot in, and and they're all sort of the same. You know, the buds are just sort of shriveling up and dying and not coming out. The plants are getting much bigger.
3: Some are, but not much. Okay, so what I would do is I'd get out my, my shears, so yeah. the longer blade, the better. I would shear the tops off of those lisianthus, which means taking the top roughly two inches off of all those plants, which is going to be all those buds and shriveled bits mm-hmm. and even the past flowers. Mm-hmm. Fertilize, you know, get out your miracle Grow or, you know, an all-purpose fertilizer. Fertilize and sit back and watch. And I think you'll find that they'll produce a whole bunch of new growth and it will bloom.
6: Oh, well, I will try that. Mm -hmm. I have been deadheading them, but uh, I don't know. They just... It's like they've just stopped.
3: Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I think it's just more a case of uh, yeah. Try the fertilizer and try that shearing back, and that I think will will force new growth and new buds, and they should open no problem. Wonderful.
6: Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Thank okay, you, Jean. Thanks for taking my call.
2: You betcha. And uh, just a reminder. As Gene uh, leaves that leaves the line open. Phone number in Toronto, 416 360 0740. And then anywhere in the province, like way up there in Orangeville, Alma is going to be joining us in just a <laughs> way minute. Up there. One, well, uh, <laughs> sort of way up there. 1 866 740 4740. Charlie and I shall return after these words.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And here to help on the plant doctor, you're hearing from the radio Frankie Proctor. Oh, there we are. Uh, I just, well, you have a little poem written all about you. I do?
3: Yeah? Oh. I oh, thought, oh, I yeah, see that, that little last promo week. there, oh. the intro, sure. Yeah, well, that's right. So you need one, too. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Well, Elma,
2: yeah. up uh, there in Orangeville, do you want to come in <laughs> here and uh, interrupt things so we'll stop a domestic fight from happening here?
3: Ozzie and
4: Harriet.
2: Welcome, Elma. Good morning.
4: Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I My daughter lives in London, mm-hmm. and she has a large, mature uh, mulberry tree on her front lawn.
7: mm mm-hmm.
4: And uh, But she can get nothing to grow up closer to the house. Is it the mulberries that is doing it?
3: No, I don't think so. No, mulberries don't make it a, it a sort of an environment where other things can't grow. Uh, so wait, so she's got a big mulberry in front of the house, and is the mulberry shading the front of the house? Yes. So a couple of important things to keep in mind. Uh, obviously, the right plant in the right place. Mm -hmm. So choosing plants that will thrive in that situation, whether it's half day sun or full shade or whatever's Mm -hmm. going on, Uh, it is always a nice idea to plant near our homes because at the foundation of our homes, if there are no plants, it looks really silly. Mm-hmm. In nature, there are no ninety degree angles. So right. where the home and the ground come together, we typically do plant a foundation garden because it makes the home and the and the ground make sense as yes. opposed to you know the Wizard of Oz and the house just got dropped out of the out of the cyclone <laughs> into the in, <laughs> yes, onto the exactly. land.
1: The, so the
4: tree was there when they moved in mm-hmm. about two years ago. so yeah.
3: No, a mulberry can be a great, I mean, particularly if it's a fruiting mulberry. They're amazing. Like the birds will come from miles around. Oh, to yes, to in, just in get the, the fruit. when the
6: when the berries are out, yeah. it, the tree is loaded with robins
3: and squirrels, yeah, it's just mo- mostly. Non-stop. Oh yeah, it's just like a, a veritable zoo that you'll oh, get going absolutely. on inside the tree. So, but what I would do if I was hers, if if she's tried planting things and nothing's growing, a soil test might be appropriate because um There could be something going on in the soil. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody might have tried to kill weeds and dumped Mm -hmm. a lot of salt in the past or something. Who knows? You know, it's just one of those things where the soil might look fine and there could be something wrong with it. Uh, Because things should grow. Mulberries do not make the environment uh, negative for other plants.
4: Okay. Okay.
3: Very good. Thank you very kindly, Charlie. And thanks for your call.
2: Have a great day and thank you for calling From Orangeville. Oh, now we're going out to Brampton. And James always lets us know who's coming up on the line and where they're from. And he always writes in a little note beside your name, Mary, my favorite caller. (laughs) Loves your accent. From Brooklyn, right?
6: I don't know why people say I have an accent. I really don't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show again. Hi, Mary.
6: Hi, good morning. Listen, quick, because I know you're running out of time. Uh, I have an Mira that died and came back. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah, they have flowers. Mm -hmm. What do I do to encourage them. Can I keep them over winter if I bring them indoors? What's the procedure?
3: Okay, so the reason it died and came back is because it does have a tuber. It grows from a tuber. I understand
6: that. So
3: under the soil, that's what's going on. So for now, it's a green plant. Let it bloom as if it's going to bloom. It prefers sun, you know, prefers to be outside. Understood. I'm assuming it's all that it is in a pot. Of course. Uh, Bring it in before it gets too cold, late August, early September, and treat it as you would treat a tropical coming in. Once it flowers, it will want to go dormant. So cut back on your watering because you don't want to rot the tuber in the soil. Uh, allow it to go dormant, allow it to have a rest for at least 8 to 12 weeks and then a little bit of water sunny location, by that time the sun is starting to to get much brighter by February uh, on a windowsill and it should start to grow again.
6: So don't water it at all once I bring it in or water it very sparingly?
3: Water it, continue to water it and treat it as a regular plant until it finishes flowering and it starts it'll start to turn yellow. The tips will start to turn yellow and the yellow will start traveling down the plant. At that point you you will with start to withhold you will withhold water and only water sparingly
6: okay keep it in keep it in bright light yeah. during
3: that time yes when you bring it in for sure
6: okay just like a hibiscus
3: Pretty much, yep. Except typically, our hibiscus doesn't go dormant,
2: oh, but these okay, will. Yeah,
6: yeah. Yep. Okay, I was very, very surprised to yeah. have to see flowers again.
3: It's great. Because it's really nice. Thank you, guys. Have a
6: wonderful okay. day. Okay. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Now, so, I, I'm looking at the time here. I don't really think we have time to go to another caller, do we?
3: I don't think we do either. But I thought I was just going to tell you what Mary was calling about because I don't think you know what that was. It's called Alstroemeria.
2: Well, you're right. I don't know. Okay.
3: So if you yeah. Google alstroemeria, if you've ever bought dye a bouquet of flowers, yeah. I can almost guarantee there was some alstroemeria in the bouquet. Oh. They're very good as a cut flower, long-lasting cut flowers. They're like little, almost look like little lily flowers, but they come in all shades of pinks and purples. White? And multi. Yeah, yeah, even white, mm-hmm. and they'll have a little yellow throat. They're very, very pretty and like long-lasting. So okay. A very nice plant, and typically, we say they're easy to grow as a houseplant, but they aren't really that easy to grow okay. as a houseplant, so good for right. Mary.
2: All right. Ruth has been uh, very patiently hanging on to that line. I'm just going to get word to... A, um, James, uh, you want to just take down her number there? Okay, that's fine. Well, Thank you. And
3: I noticed she wants us to identify a plant. And you know what? I very hard to identify plants over the radio. Take pictures. Email c.dobin at mzmedia.com. Or you follow me on Twitter, at Charlie Dobbins.
2: Absolutely. How many followers do you have now?
3: <laughs> I haven't lost track, actually. Hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds.
2: She is so popular.
3: <laughs> I'm not up to the thousands yet, but I'm working on it.
2: All right. And, and with good reason, too. Folks, <laughs> thank, thank you very much for tuning into the Garden Show today.
3: And thank you, Franklin, for being such a great little sidekick, not well, thank to you. mention the best undergardener out there. Thank you to James Patrick Dooley for all his great work he does on the other side of the glass. And thank you to all our great callers. See you again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.